hello HubSpot users. Emily here once again, and it's great to be back with you. Hope you've had a great week. Guess what? It's going to get so much better because you're listening into episode five of Turning the HubSpot Flywheel. Now, I am particularly excited about today's episode. Joining us is a tinkering farm boy from rural New Zealand, James McCarthy. James, welcome. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, great to be here. I am indeed a rural Manawatu farm boy, just pretty much like yourself, except for the boy yeah. part. <laughs> I'm going to get along like peas in a pot. I wish we could tell the listeners the real stories that happened in our childhood because that's quite funny. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I think we'll leave those for later. <laughs> Another podcast. All right, today we're talking about the ever-evolving modern-day work life. Obviously, the pandemic, big one, has shown us how important it is for businesses to be adaptable and to be able to work from home wherever. But obviously, that's nothing new. Mothers have been working from home with young children. You know, there are eco-warriors opting not to commute to work. And also, people just want to make sure they're optimizing their time to focus on the valuable stuff. So let's just jump into it. James, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, cool. So thanks. Look, after so I did engineering at uni, and I was a terrible engineer, and I I uh, very quickly learned that I got bored with uh, actually doing things. So observing people and looking at the problems in the world was uh, fascinating for me. And then trying to work out how we can how we can make the world a better place is something that really drives me. I was working with a bunch of people after I left uni. And in New Zealand, there was a guy called Michael Ersig who crashed his helicopter. Took two weeks to find the wreckage. And one of the guys that I was working alongside was a helicopter pilot. So Straight out of uni as a fresh-faced 21-year-old, I ended up working on this team and we made a product called SpiderTracks and then we turned that into a business. And so, for 10 years of my life, I ended up focusing on that and working out how to, how to help commercial operators of aircraft make sure that their pilots and their aircraft are being flown as safely as possible and that if something does go wrong, uh, anyone on that flight can be found as quickly as possible, which gives them the best opportunity being found alive. But on the other side, it also helps those operators fly those aircraft and do things with those aircraft more efficiently and effectively, which helps safety and also just the, the efficiency of the operation. And just a side note for our listeners, we actually did an, uh, a podcast episode four, I think it was, with one of James' employees, Carlos, which was really interesting. You should, guys should go and take a listen. But today, we're obviously talking about Cradle. So James, why don't you jump in and tell us how Cradle was born? Yeah, exactly. So it was as fighter tracks where I guess the identification of a problem for Cradle came about. There were two sort of parallel things happening. One was that we were using all of the tools and, and I'm a bleeding edge kind of guy. Like I, I like trying all of the new stuff to see if it can help because there are so many things that I know that technology can help us with that can make us more effective and basically use one person spending less time to get the same amount of work done if we use the technology in the right way. So internally, we had a whole lot of tools which were meant to make everything easier for us to make the work that we were doing more traceable so that we could learn from it and keep getting better at what we were doing. We were also a slightly distributed team. So we had tools to make sure that the people in the office and out of the office could all speak to each other without creating what I'd call power centers where those in the office had an advantage. The problem that we had is we relied too heavily on the tools. And there was this sort of infamous incident where someone on the team basically slacked me and said, hey, did you get my email? And I was like, oh, what's the email about? And I'm like, well, it's about a Jira ticket. I need you to go and look at the Confluence page for this trade show that's coming up and okay the budget. And I was just like, oh man, can't you just talk to me like a human? 
I'm sitting right opposite you at this point in time and it'd be great if you just said, hey, look, I'm just running through the budgets for this trade show. Can you come over and have a look at them with me? And when I started digging into that and thinking about it a little bit more, we did exactly the same thing with our customers. We had customers submitting support tickets when really all they wanted to do was jump on a phone and talk to someone, but we didn't have the the tools in place and we didn't also have the internal culture to enable that to happen in a way that was really useful and delightful for the customers. So we perceived it as expensive, the customers perceived it as not being possible, and overall that created a pretty poor outcome. So overcoming that was one of the big things that I wanted to do when I started Cradle with the team that we've got here. So I think every single one of us has had that shitty phone experience, if I can use that word on this podcast, where you call a business and the person who answers the phone or the machine that answers the phone can't help you. And they might try and put you through to someone or they tell you you've rung the wrong number or they give you something which isn't useful. And as a customer or a potential customer or a frustrated customer, all that does is make things worse for you. And from the business's perspective, the lost opportunity and the customer satisfaction that goes out the window when that happens is a really lost opportunity as far as I'm concerned. And I think everyone in the room, everyone listening to this podcast has had one of those experiences calling probably some big corporation where they treat you like a number and they want your account number and they don't know who you are. It's a pretty horrible thing to have when all you want to do is have a human conversation, right? So that being said, what have you and the Cradle team learned over the last 18 months and how has it impacted your interaction with the customer? We had a hypothesis going back to the start of Cradle that we could solve this with technology. We thought that what we could do is just get the right person on the phone magically and we'd solve all of those problems. The reality is that culture gets in the way, people get in the way. And even if you have found the right person, it might not necessarily be the right person from the business's perspective. Having the right person on the phone also doesn't allow people the transparency to understand what's going well and what's not going so well within their business. So we've learned that providing the right information to those who make the decisions about who answers the phone and how they answer the phone and what other tools they use and how people are trained is really, really important for helping businesses improve the way that they serve their customers, whether it's on the phone or or by email or by chat or whatever. During the last 18 months, of course, everyone at some point in time has been sent home with a laptop and hopefully a headset. And asked to do their job as if nothing has changed. And that is, is unbelievably challenging for everyone. Aside from the loneliness of being stuck in your home office, which may be a, a little nook at the end of some table somewhere, being detached from the rest of your team and not having those normal interactions that you have is really difficult. Not being able to see if someone's busy is really difficult. All of these things have really impacted the way that our customers have used our tools. So we've had to adapt to make sure that When people are using Cradle to answer the phones, when they're interacting with their customers using our tools, they've got the right information so that they can help those customers and they can see what the rest of their team are up to. What is Cradle looking to do for the world? And I'm intrigued as to know what do you think it does best? So I think the the problems that really frustrated me were around shitty human interactions. And what we want is we want to help businesses specifically, but more more than businesses, the people within those businesses be better humans and have conversations that represent or are more like 
the conversations that two people who are friends would have rather than two machines would have. So machines transfer information between each other, but humans build relationships. So what we want to do is help the people within our customer businesses form relationships with their customers and build trust because they have a a culture of talking to their customers and tools which help them make that process cost-effective and easy to do. You can probably sum that up by saying we want people to help. Uh, we want to yeah. help people be better humans. Yep, if you want to go. Yeah, and I, I guess technically how are we doing that? On the surface, we make a phone system, which is a pretty boring thing. For 50 years now, they've had acronyms like PABXs and they've sat in the cupboard somewhere, probably covered in dust. Once every seven to 10 years, they break down and someone goes, oh, we need a new phone system. And you call up the local telephone company and someone comes out and installs something and puts an IVR in place and maybe two-layer IVR if you really want to frustrate your customers. <laughs> we want to get rid of all of that language, all of that thinking, and bring it back to being two people who want to talk to each other. And giving the person answering and making those phone calls from within the business the right tools so that they can help that person who who wants to interact with and do business with that company. I just want to touch back on the working from home. So working from home has its challenges, as you said, full stop. You know, it can be quite isolating. But, you know, it's kind of it's not only just forced upon some people added in with the lockdown sim, but some people were actually just choosing that. As I said, it's the modern workday life. So some people are juggling kids at home, or let's be honest, they're just trying to feel normal, as I said, in an unnatural setting, and it's difficult. So how does Cradle work with employees or users to, to manage workloads whilst keeping on top of their game? Mm -hmm. So I think there are a couple of things in there, and I'll, I'll kind of fill that out a wee bit in some ways. We've seen that trend for a while. That's been happening with the, the digital tools that all businesses have, right? I mentioned spider tracks so 12 years ago i moved to the states and i was working remotely before remote work was even really a thing in the way that it is now but over the last 18 months but over the last 10 or 20 years we've seen that trend towards being digital nomads and being able to work from anywhere and the same goes for people working at home and you're seeing an increasing number of like i can think of one of our customers who has a bunch of mothers, for example, with kids under five, and they work at home. They work two or three days a week. They have limited daycare. They fit their work around their kids. And still from home, they're able to interact with their customers when they need to. They've set expectations with their customers, uh, but they also have tools around those people to make sure that they can be effective when they're at home. Some of those tools are things such as Cradle, which mean that wherever their laptop is, provided they have the internet, they can talk to those customers. It's having good calendars so that the rest of the team have transparency for how available someone is. And it's also things like, you know, to plug our own product, we show the rest of your team how available you are, whether you're online, you're offline. If you've gone to lunch and, you know, you hope to be back in half an hour, we, we try and build that information into our platform or we internally use a lot of things like Slack to help customers, uh, sorry, to help our team see what we're up to. So... All of these tools are coming to help with that digital transformation that is enabling this working from home and remote work and distributed team kind of culture that we're, we're embracing. And I'm interested as a leader, have you noticed your team 
excelling in the work that they're producing and do they seem happier and, and less stressed? I'll comment from two perspectives here. So my within the Cradle team, which is much smaller, we've been very adaptable to this and we are delivering as much remotely as we were in the same office together. 18 months ago before this pandemic hit, the whole team was in the same office and we all worked right next to each other. We were sent home one day and since then people have moved. We've hired new people who are now fully remote. Two people have moved to other parts of the world. So lots of things have happened that mean we've had to embrace being productive whilst we were remote. So we're now, uh, I would say, as productive as we were when we were all in the same place, but we've had to implement things which keep us tight as a team and enable us to keep working even across time zones and that sort of thing. I think working from home at least some of the time can be a very viable way for businesses to still be productive but free up some of their team's time. To go a little bit further on that, I don't think that everyone's going to work remotely forever. We've noticed amongst our teams in both of these companies that the social isolation is difficult for those with kids, wrangling those kids whilst you're trying to be on a video call. And we've all seen the funny YouTube videos, right? It's difficult. It's really difficult. But fitted in appropriately, it can add a lot to your life uh, whilst not taking anything away from your professional contributions. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a great development for the way that we work, and it's going to have a hugely positive impact in the future. Well, I was just going to ask that by rounding out our conversation today. Where do you see the modern workday life going in the future? I think businesses are going to have to adapt to the way modern workers want to work. And that's going to be with flexibility around hours, with flexibility around locations, with tools that support people to work from anywhere. Some jobs and some businesses require certain things, right? The phones must be answered from nine to five. These are certain expectations that some businesses have. Retail is always going to need people to be there when the shop's open. You can't just have glide time in a retail job. But a lot of professional jobs where the work that you do doesn't necessarily have to happen at a certain time. I see a lot of flexibility coming in for people fulfilling those kind of roles. And I think that's going to have a really positive effect on, on families, on business, and on the personal lives of people in those jobs. Maybe the thing that I can close out with is the fact that a lot of what we have noticed is that we need to be customer-centric. We need to focus on our, our customers and make sure that we're solving the problems that they're continually facing and that are changing on a sometimes daily and weekly basis at the moment. And, you know, if you look back to HubSpot's philosophy around the flywheel, and there are lots of flywheels in the world, Jim Collins talks about flywheels, you know, the center of which is, you know, this key idea that you, the hedgehog concept, right? The key thing that you as a business understand. For HubSpot, it's having all of your business operations centered around the customer, which is really nothing new. It's just beautifully packaged as HubSpot are pretty good at doing. Customers, our customers, and every business's customers have gone through rapid changes in the way that they need to do everything over the last 18 months. So more now than ever, it's really, really important that you're engaging with those customers. So shout out to Luke. He called me out today on a bunch of things that he was having trouble with. Now, I was a little exasperated when I saw the email from him because I my immediate thought was, God damn it, we've fixed all of these things already. And I called him and, and we spent 15 minutes having a good chat. And at the end of it, what was clear is that 
we can email all we like and we'd send out feature updates and all sorts of things to people. But the frustrations that they were having as a team were all things that we'd fixed in some cases months ago, but they just hadn't been aware of it. So being proactive with your customers, making sure that you're on a regular cycle, especially if those people, the sort of people who won't self-discover or they need your help to, to be those good customers. Remembering back to that HubSpot thing about a customer who's going to promote you is really, really, really significant for the future of your business and the growth that you're hoping for and expecting, making sure that you keep in touch with them, keep them abreast of new things and bring them along on the journey with you is really, really important. That is some really golden advice. Do you have like a golden tip? Like obviously you're successful in your own right. Is there something that you stand by that you remind when things are getting tough? Or I just think for people listening, it might be like, what's the secret? You know what I mean? I don't think there is any secret. I think for me, the last 18 months has been, to use a little bit of nerdy sort of maths in here, my mood has been basically, you know, sine X. And the period on that has varied from time to time, but I've gone from having great weeks to really, really, really bad weeks where I've, or, or months where I've wondered why on earth I'm doing this. Mm. Part of that's been the isolation. Part of that's been business challenge after business challenge, uh, coupled with a whole lot of personal constraints, which make life seemed pretty miserable sometimes for in, in the case of Auckland at the moment 12 weeks on end with no real socialization mm. so realizing that everyone else is going through their own struggle has been really important for me personally over the last 18 months and also not making too many big decisions when things look like they're all shit everywhere I'm not sure that I want to include this in the podcast yeah, that's right that's interesting to hear maybe we will yeah all right. Well, James, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Obviously, you're very successful in your own right, so I'm sure our listeners can really take some things away from that conversation, especially if they're adapting to new working circumstances or if they are kind of trying out the new work-from-home situation, which is an interesting one to grasp, but I'm sure very rewarding at the same time. Thanks, Emily. It's been great. It's awesome to talk about the things that have happened in my life, and hopefully some people can get either inspiration or take something valuable that you can apply to whatever it is that you're doing. I just love seeing the world become a better place. I truly believe that certain technologies, if applied correctly, can help us be better as a, you know, as a species, I guess. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing that drives me and I you know, would love to help someone else in the tiniest way if that's possible. I'm sure you have. All right, that's us for today, guys. Remember, this is just episode five. So if you're just joining us now, we've got a couple of other podcasts for you to check out on both customer service and sales. All right, keep an ear out for our next episode of Turning the HubSpot Flywheel. As always, take care and we'll talk with you soon. Mm-hmm.